0: The Dental Brief is brought to you by Omni Premier Marketing and the amazing guests who bring wisdom and advice that you can put to use to take your business and practices to the next level. Find us on Facebook and join the conversation. Get ready to grow because we are kicking off the next episode in three, two, one.
1: Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Dental Brief. Recording from home again. I'm so excited to have our guest on the program today. It's a two-time guest, so a returning guest, Daniel Brown, say hello to everyone.
0: Hello, everyone. Patrick, thank you so much for having me back.
1: Yeah, I'm glad to have you here. It's one of it's always an, a a fun subject. It's actually, I say that sarcastically, dental insurance is usually a <laughs> putting subject for a lot of dentists, but it's really important and what we're we'll talk about today is going to help practices significantly. So I'm glad to have you here. Give us a quick one minute rundown. What's your background in dentistry? How'd you, how you get involved in dentistry? I've
0: been in dentistry for a long time. I think that I fell in love with the world of dentistry. You know, even, even as a kid, I know that like our smile is just one of our most important assets and being in the dental industry has been just such a blessing, it's just, it's really something incredible to be able to help someone transform their lives just by giving them back their smile.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I This is my first recording after getting veneers, which I'm pretty excited about. So
0: oh, exciting.
1: Two and a half or three year ortho journey, followed by the top six getting done. Of course, now I'm addicted. and I'm going to get the bottoms done. So I get it.
0: Looking um, fabulous.
1: you very much. But yeah, I get it. I, I get how it, it changes people. It's really uh, quite amazing. Let's talk about changing practices a little bit. We'll jump into the whole insurance conversation. Tell me You've got um, some solutions to some problems for dentists out there. What are those problems? What are problems that dentists are having that that you're here to solve?
0: Well, I think that most practices struggle with um, case acceptance. Mm. You know, that's that's always one of our our biggest struggles. Is you know the patient comes to the doctor and says, you know, doctor, I need your help. What do you think I need to have done? And you know, the doctor gives them the treatment plan, and then the treatment coordinator comes in and we do a little education and. Go over treatment options and financial options. And first thing out of the patient's mouth is, uh, and how much of that is my insurance going to cover? Right. So, you know, then, then they begin the negotiations. Well, do we really have to do all that? Are there other treatment options available? Can we spread it over multiple years so that I can maximize benefits? So, you know, what if we could live in a world where the doctor gives his best recommendation for treatment, and we are better able to help patients better afford that treatment. Higher case acceptance, higher profitability for the practice. So how do we do that?
1: Right. So, you know, I've heard numbers, usually around half a million dollars in reoccurring unaccepted treatment plans is what the average dental practice has sitting out there, half a million dollars. That's so much money. And that's average, right? So we know that there's some with a lot more. I think dentists accidentally overestimate their, what their case acceptance rates are. Um, I think they're always a little bit higher. And then we tend to a lot of times have blanket ways that we approach case acceptance. I think, I think there's a lot of people that we're talking about affordability when they can afford it. And then there's other people who simply can't afford it. They literally don't have the money to do it. I think segmenting those two different types of people and their situations is, is really important. Let's talk about the person who maybe doesn't have so much for resources. They have dental insurance or medical insurance, but they just don't have, you know, deep or deeper pockets. How can how can we help those people get coverage?
0: You know. I think that there's, you know, a misconception that doctor, you know, dentists don't feel like they can necessarily bill medical insurance. There's a mm. very small percentage of dental offices that are equipped to bill medical insurance. And the difference between, you know, dental insurance and medical insurance is huge. You know, dentists, they they are medical doctors. Your medical insurance covers you from head to toe. So if there is, you know, a treatment that you're diagnosing and you are able to treat and it and it and it's systemic, it's something that's going to improve their overall health. Right. We're not talking about just, you know, you know th- there's a place for dental insurance, but when we're talking about improving a patient's overall health, you know, this dental treatment, we so many studies show that, you know, the the link between the oral health and, and full body health is, you know, so important. You know there are over 500, like a thousand uh, systemic diseases that we know of, and medications that then, you know, those diseases and them and their medications manifest in in the oral cavity.
1: Right.
0: So there are a lot of the treatment that we're doing is linked to their overall health, and sure. those types of procedures can and should be built to medical insurance. Dental insurance should be used as a supplement. So those are the things that can really help improve case acceptance when the patients can better afford their treatment.
1: Sure. So, you know, I think there's that, well, we know that there's dentists out there that are taking advantage of this, that are helping the patients in this journey, that are helping set this up for them or working with them. I think for a lot of dentists, it seems like, you know, it's too big of an elephant to eat. So they don't even try taking a bite. How do you kind of take some bites out of this? There has to be some ways that you can help your patients with this without burying yourself in new processes or trying to, trying to eat a, an entire elephant. How can you do that?
0: Yes. Getting set up to bill medical insurance can be overwhelming. That's not part of what we are trained in in dentistry. We don't know the codes. We don't have the correct software. It is a huge undertaking for a practice to transition into, you know, thinking about billing medical insurance. Right. So, So there are people like me out there (laughs) that, you know, that are really dedicated to helping a practice transition into that. And there are fabulous consultants out there and, you know, talking about DevDent and Nearman practice. I mean, there are fabulous resources out there to get the training and you can outsource your billing. But if you want to take a little bite (laughs) and you wanna dip your toe in and just, you know, what are some things that that are practical that an office can do right away to help the patients take advantage of their medical and dental benefits. Sure. Uh, so my approach is coming alongside the office, showing them we don't know the language, kind of helping them, giving them resources, giving them some training on how to write what we call soap notes. And and that's the way that, you know, communicating all of the information in more of a the medical terminology that can then be translated to medical coding. So templates for that, you know, how to write a narrative, just some of the things to look for, you know, the way that you ask the patient some questions to connect the medical necessity to their treatment. Right. Um, and then, you know, if the office isn't set up to bill medical insurance, Patients can actually build the medical, they can request reimbursement from the medical insurance company on their own behalf. So, mm-hmm. if they have the proper documentation from the dentist, the patient can then turn around and request that reimbursement from their medical insurance. So, I act as a patient advocate as well. So, the doctor can say, you know, the, the doctor doesn't have to feel like, well, I have to be in network with medical insurance, I have to take this huge undertaking on. With a few simple steps, um, just a little bit of different types of communication, um, you know, we can successfully help that patient get more of their medical insurance to reimburse them for the actual treatment that they need.
1: Right. Yeah. So let me let me ask you this. You, you mentioned preauthorization or, or getting reimbursement. Is it possible to get pre-authorization on medical building, too? Is it almost always um, after the fact?
0: I, I definitely recommend getting preauthorization if we can. Yeah, yeah. and actually, the biggest success that uh, you know I'm finding is even if we can get the patient to get a referral from their primary care physician, and, and all they have to do is you know walk into an urgent dent and say you know I have jaw pain, I have tooth pain, and for their primary care physician to say okay, you need to go see a dentist, and get that referral before the doctor mm-hmm. the dentist takes the the 3d scan that's that's one of the best tools in our toolbox
1: right so it probably makes sense for dentists to pair up and have a good relationship with a general practitioner and urgent care or something absolutely. like that
0: absolutely that's yeah that's one of the things that i really advocate advocate yeah. for is just that communication um right. you know, yeah, facilitating yep. communication between the primary care physician and and the dentist. You know that yep. that connection is so important.
1: So when you have successful reimbursement from health insurance companies for dental treatments, what do those percentages look like? Like how discounted are they? Are the medical insurance companies paying full price? What does that What does that look like?
0: Well, <laughs> you have to remember that we're out of network. You know, right. I. Don't, so even if we're billing medical insurance, you know, we're, not, we're probably not going to be in network with them. So you have to understand what your out-of-network deductible is, because mm-hmm. those can be pretty high sometimes. But, you know, they'll pay, you know, eight, maybe 80%. So, you know, I've gotten as much as uh, $21,000 reimbursement for a patient for a full arch replacement, what we would call an all-in-four, or, mm-hmm. you know, full arch replacement with dental mm-hmm. implants. That's, you know, 30000 you know, I've gotten 21000 back for a patient before, and that's, that's incredible. That's it's that's better than that $1,000 from your dental.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a big, big difference. So what, how do you – next steps for, for practices that are listening to this, obviously they can reach out to you. I know you're active on social, but your website's also on mysmallinsured.com, yes. so they can reach out to you for more information. What other resources are out there and places that they can go to
0: learn more about
1: Billing uh, medical insurance companies.
0: What other resources are out there? Yeah,
1: yeah. What are some? What are some? Where's some good places to get some more information besides from you?
0: I, I love Dubde- Dev DevDent?
1: <laughs> Dev
0: yeah, they're they're a great resource. One of the best resources out there right now is the American Academy Academy of Oral Systemic Health. So, not necessarily billing the medical insurance, but really advocating for bringing the dental uh, and the medical community together. Uh, great education there, just as far as connecting the oral systemic health with overall health. Yeah, those those are two fantastic resources there.
1: Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, Jada, I want
0: to. Journal of the American Dental. So, Association, great article this month, August of 2023, talking about how important it is for, you know, it, us in the dental world, you know, we're, we're the ones looking in the oral cavity first most of the time yeah. and how important that is to then refer back to those. You know, I'm talking about you know, the physicians referring to the dentist when, you know, when they're seeing oral problems. But I think as dentists, we need to be referring them back to, you know, that primary care physician. Because um, a lot of times we see things manifesting in the oral cavity.
1: Yeah. Well, I think, you know, there's, there is a thing. And I know that a lot of emergency dental patients actually start in urgent care. Yeah. Like um, urgent care first on a weekend or a night. And they're like, well, you know, here's some antibiotics and pain meds. Mm-hmm. Um, or here's some antibiotics and you need to go to a dentist, which obviously emergency dentists are few and far between, at least on nights and weekends or places, but For they're sure. few and you know, these people end up in the emergency rooms as well, not just urgent cares, but they go to ERs too. So I think there's a lot of opportunity for networking and building relationships there. So it's all very cool. I want to go ahead.
0: Say absolutely. You know, yeah. an, an abscess in the mouth, where is it going to, where's it going to go? Up or down, brain or heart? Like right. you have to get your dental work taken care of. You cannot keep putting it off. Right. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, makes sense. I want to encourage the audience to check out um, your website one more time. Uh, it's my, my Smile Insured, Danielle Brown. Thank you so much for coming on
0: the show today. We really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me, Patrick. I really appreciate it.